and welcome to Robot Dice Explosion Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Ollie. Um, we're back with significantly less lag. <laughs> um, yes, this time I won't have to stretch your track out so that it matches mine. We don't go out of sync about well, 45 yeah, minutes that's, in. that's true. Um, we're going to talk a bit more Bushido because yep. there's the lots thing. of stuff happening. The new edition is formally launched. Yep. Um, so we're going to have a look at some of the, the new limited edition models. Yeah, so we so we have recorded a couple of things uh, already. Yeah, that we're going to put out in like two hits. Yeah. So uh, for this episode, we're pretty much just going to talk about the two exclusive models uh, for Bushido. Yeah. I'm going to try and get that out before the pre-order for them ends. That would be good, so that people can uh, get them, can hear about them, and and and, uh, and buy them before the chance is gone forever. You never know; they might become a show exclusive, but who who knows at this point. Uh, but first of all, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to do a little catch-up. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the, a couple of weeks ago, you and I played a game called Twisted. Twisted, yes. Uh, it's a steampunk skirmish game. It was, I kickstarted it, oh, I don't know, two or three years ago. Something, something, something like, like that, that, I think. It's, um, it's Australian. Yes, it arrived a, a while. It probably arrived a year ago or something, I can't remember. But uh, I, I've had it for a while. Uh, I, I glued all the miniatures together pretty quickly, had a little look through at everything. Uh, there's some really great art, some great miniatures, background the miniatures and stuff. Miniatures are pretty. Miniatures are beautiful. Almost all of them are traditionally sculpted rather than digital, but yep. there are a couple of digital sculpts. Um, it, they're, they're beautiful work by uh, Lux Thantor and uh, Seb, I think his surname's Archer, who's also one of the guys who worked on the actual game itself. Uh yeah, so it's a, it's a steampunk game, Victorian sort yes. of feel and setting. Uh, it certainly, it's a bit different from other steampunk so that I've seen. So the premise is that you have the machine, which is sort of a supercomputer, although it's left vague, who is secretly controlling stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, so what's that, uh, what's the sort of the proto-computer called, the difference engine? The difference engine. Yeah, so let's... Think about it as almost like a god version of that yeah. that humans probably didn't create, or I, it, who it's, knows? It's quite vague, deliberately so. And there are nodes to it around in, in the world. In big population centres. Yes, which have been discovered. Yes. And the factions are sort of defined by their relationship with the machine. So you have the yes. Dickensian, which is sort of a London street gang, you yeah. have learned to tap into its power and want to steal it for themselves. So it's, it's largely in the name. They're the Dickensians. They've got, yeah. um, was it Bill Sykes and uh, Fagin? Yeah. Uh, and then you have like a bunch of um, <clears throat> kids and stuff. Yes, Urkins, Urkins, which are like urchins, street yeah. urchins. But they sort of have a goblin-y feel, yeah. but they're all wrapped up, so you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that faction actually interests me possibly the least out of all of them, although I really love the Urkins. I think they're really yes. cool. There's a great I'll, one where there's I'll, two I'll, of them. That is also the one where I was like, yeah, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Um, they're really characterful. There's two of them yes. uh, dressed in like an overcoat as, yeah. as a bobby, yeah. uh, which I really like. Uh, so that was the first faction. You've got the, Guardians of the Machine? Uh, Servants of the Engine. Ser- Servants of the Engine, that's what it's That's called. the other faction. So the... the Yes. Not the starter sets as much, but the two launch factions there. Yeah. Uh, the Servants of the Engine. Um, I can't actually. This is the faction I bought, and I the, can't remember the proper background. So the are create like the engine have created them, 
Um, they are heroes from across time. Oh, okay. Which is why, for instance, you have Lancelot in there. Yes. So the engine has basically created a bunch of them in the present to defend itself. And a lot of them are machinery. Yes. Hence that the engine have created them. Yeah. So, but not all of them are. I don't think. Uh, no, there's a wide variety of stuff. Yeah. So I think they've got Tesla, um, haven't they? Uh, it's possible. <clears throat> yeah. Highway woman. Very, like a sailor with a cannon. Yeah. Which is really cool. They've got some really cool stuff, like a blacksmith who's got a built-in chimney on his back. And again, awesome models. Um, I, I really love those. So that's the faction that I went Various with. fictional heroes. Yes. Uh, th- I mean, that goes sort of throughout the entire game. There's, there's a Medusa. Yes. So there's a Medusa in, in uh, Servants of the Engine. Um, so the... There's a third faction called the Egyptians, I think. Uh, or it might be something... Lead Servants of Seth or something like that? Set, maybe. Yes, but the, I mean, in the Kickstarter they were just called the Egyptians, yeah. and that's all I can really remember now. Um, they are Egyptian-themed. Yeah. Uh, they've got, like, there's Agatha Christie is one of the models, except slightly renamed. Uh, there's a robot Poirot. Uh, there's a like an Indiana Jones, except uh, she is called Indigo Ford. Yeah, you know, so, so you sort of get the idea there. Then they also have a, the Guild of Harmony, the Guild of Harmony, which is essentially the mercenary faction. They can, they can all fight for other. Do you, do you have do you have rules that specifies how they work as mercenaries, so yes. you can run them on their own? The have sort of three sub factions, which defines their relationship to the engine, but mostly. Yes. Do you want to try and maintain balance and the status quo? Yes. Uh, they have some. They, they have probably more of the fictional uh, and pop culture references yes. than the other factions. Uh, I can't remember if they've got the Scions of the Sand is the oh, actual name. Okay, I wasn't too far off. Yeah, cool. So Guild of Harmony, you've got like Ariel with yeah. uh, Bastion the Crab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got like Acroid who. Has a Ghostbuster pack and, yeah. and trap and stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, I only bought. I've got Ariel because of the Kickstarter, but I backed for a couple of them. Uh, so, so in total, I got all of the uh, Servants of the Engine and all of the uh, what did you call it? Signs of Set. Signs of the Sand. Of the Sand. Christ. Uh, but then I also got for the Guild of Harmony. Monkey, yeah, and he, one of his companions, uh, whose name I can't remember, it's Sandy. Not, yes, Sandy, not Trisha Harker and not Pigsty. Mm. Although I would like to get those in the future. Trisha Harker is amazing, and I might like even if I don't end up getting much of it, I might just get that one because I really like that model. I'm, I'm actually really hoping they, they they put out a call for a UK distributor recently, so yeah. I'm really hoping that that comes through. I, I've would... been tempted as Mastercraft Miniatures to to become one, yeah. see if they're interested, but I just don't think I would be able to invest in the amount of stock that, that they would probably yeah. want. Anyway. Tinkerbell. Yes, Tinkerbell. Mary Poppins. Alice and the Clockwork Rabbit. Yeah. You have Sarah Craft. Yeah, there's a chimney sweep, blah, blah, blah. So, um, the idea is that the engine is kind of fickle. Like, no one can really understand yeah. its its uh, machinations. Machinations? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is what powers one of the core... Different game mechanics, which which is honestly yeah, it's what makes the game because yeah. otherwise it's it's not a particularly surprising skirmish game it's in really, its core it's mechanics. Really standard. It it's standard. It's robust. D, uses d twenties. Yep. Yeah, largely uses d twenties. Although you will find for that, damage that you use poly dice. Yes, various different sizes. 
the the mechanics of, of all the combat and stuff seems fine. It's worth noting that uh, every single model, with the exception of one, which is a like a dog that I've got, uh, has a ranged attack. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It means that you always have an option that doesn't expose you too much. Yeah. I, I, I really liked that. Actually. I mean, when we tried it, range combat was... Well, the also interesting thing is that no matter how many actions... You can literally only take one melee action a turn. Yes. Whereas you can shoot multiple times. Well, in fact, melee is not an action. Yeah, melee is a side effect of doing yeah. something else. So every model gets two actions in a turn. Yeah. But if you enter base-to-base with a model, yeah. then you resolve a melee exchange, yeah. essentially. Um, yeah. It's a Bushido term, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so alternating activation, probably around, what was it, five, six models each or something, something I think. Like we, that. Well, we played. They, we we they played rec- slightly small. They recommend 200 points, or at least that's what's in the rule book. We yeah. played 150, I think. Something I just knocked like, a little bit off. Yeah. Uh, and I think we had like five or six models. Yeah. So the thing which really makes the game unique is this uh, the concept of the engine. You have. One person will start with the favour of the engine, which means that they uh, they get certain bonuses yeah. or whatever. And it can it can change back <clears throat> and forth during the game. It moves back and forth. Largely, you gain the favour of the engine by uh, I think it's by is it by wounding or is that priority that you gain That's by wounding? Priority, That's priority by doing damage and scoring victory points. Okay, so there's there's a deck which is the the, the engine, engine deck. deck. And everyone gets a, a card at the beginning of the turn. You draw. Yeah, you draw, you draw a card. Draw a card at the beginning of the turn. The person with the favour of the engine draws two. Two and gets to pick one. Yes. Um, <laughs> Excuse yes. how fuzzy we're going to be because it has been a couple of weeks and we've yeah. only played it once. Um, so effectively that card will have an effect. Yeah. Um, you can play that card whenever... Like Some of them will have, have, have specific requirements. Uh, you can play it if you want to. You don't have to. Yeah. It's quite important because some of them, the effects are quite dramatic and potentially yes. bad. But the And obviously... It's, that that's not particularly revolutionary in and of itself. No. What's interesting is that you can at any point you Push can once during uh, an action or tempt once fate. during activation you can tempt fate, where you basically just draw from that deck. Is, is something affecting you? You can tempt fate. Yeah, someone attacks you, you can tempt fate. You attack someone, you can tempt fate. Do you can tempt fate? So yeah. you draw a card, and every card will have two things on it. The the first one will be the one when you draw it, you can choose to play it. The second effect yeah. will be the tempt fate effect. Yeah. Now, sometimes that's just like, oh, literally the other ability just happens. Yeah. Other times, as it's, happened to and me, it, and it might just be the turn ends. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was one where it's like, and the turn is now over. Yes. Which uh, actually actually did me a favour when I yes. tempt fate. Like I didn't get to do one thing that I wanted to do, but you were in a position I'll, where I'll, you were going to do more stuff. I was going to do quite horrific things to you, and I didn't get to do any of it. Yeah. Um, but, but there's, there's other things where like, like two models will switch positions yeah, randomly. You get an so, extra action, or yeah. you get a bonus to this, or um, one which I had in our last turn, which was devastating, was I know ill fate or something like that. So an, an attack is effectively you roll a d20, you add your ability, you compare it to your opponent who's rolled a d20 and added his defense. Yeah, I rolled two d20s and picked the lowest. Yes. <laughs> Which basically meant that anything I did after that did not work. That, that really much. sent everything downhill for you from there, really. It, it was rough. Um, it wasn't insurmountable, but it made it hard. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, so, at, we, we, we tempted fate way more than you should, yes. just to see what the deck did. We were quite tentative early on, and then later on, when we, we were running out of time, time we were like, like, let's see what chaos happens. Oh, I'm going to do this, tempt fate. Do this, tempt fate. So one of the things, so the reason it's called tempting fate is not just the ability, the the, the, effect, the effect which might happen, but it's also that each uh, tempt fate card or each uh, yeah. engine card 
will have an icon in the top right hand corner. If it's green, that's fine. I think it's blue and red, but whatever. Oh, I can't. It might even not be there. But if it's red, if there is a red icon, yeah. then you immediately lose the favour of the engine if you have and it. And it goes to your opponent. And it goes to your opponent, which can be really important because the favour of the engine ties into other things. So it made for quite an entertaining game. It was quite yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see how it could work in a tournament setting. And I said this before once about Moonstone. And yeah. it implies that I really care about tournaments. I don't. I'm so done with tournaments yeah. except for Bushido. It's just an interesting consideration <clears throat> for what is the scalability and playability yes. of this game. Yes. It's- I mean, I, I find tournaments... of. of of small games, games with smaller communities, I quite enjoy. Yeah. When it gets super competitive and too big, where you're like netlisting like 40k, and so I just, yeah. I, I lose interest. But it's, it's just, yes, like you say, it's a test of like how robust a mechanic yeah. generally is and how fair things are. I think it would actually work because you're not forced to tempt fate. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I think. I think it could be interesting. I, I, I don't know how long it'll take before we have enough of a community in this country for it. Like you say, it's an Australian game. Yeah. Um, but I just I just had a really good time playing it. It was fun. Beautiful miniatures. Um, um, and, you know, not I'll... a particularly original setting other than the engine. Yeah. The engine does enough. Yeah. I'm probably going to get some Guild of Harmony models. Yeah. Because yeah. I quite like those. I'm definitely up for playing it a few more times. I mean, obviously, I've got two factions. I want to play it again and yeah, again. Yeah. But... Um, quite soon would be quite nice. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend people have a look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I uh, I wanted to say in conjunction with it, really. But um, mm, I just, well, from what I can remember, that covers it. Yeah, I mean, there I was think... a bunch of stuff with the magic where you had quite a lot of options and things. But oh, that yeah. would that would be more in a oh, let's take an actual deep dive into to, to the game and talk more in details. Yeah, I think I'd like to get another couple of games in and then maybe we try and focus half an episode around it. How does it actually work? Yeah. And, yeah. and I know there's interest from at least Paul at the club. Yeah. Um, because this is a new game. Of course Paul's interested. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we'll um, be able to get him involved yeah. and uh, all three of us can maybe have a There's actually rules it. for multiplayer games sort of scattered throughout the book. Do you, yeah. do you make yeah. quite a... a this this rule works this way if there's more than one player stuff like that there are an awful lot of scenarios in the back of the book and there's also a narrative campaign yes so I, of course because I don't have the Dickensians and they are one half of the narrative campaign yeah, it's, we, it's, we didn't have a go at any yeah. of that uh, so yeah that, it's uh, it's really cool really promising I'm looking forward to playing more of it and people to check, yeah. should check that out um, I know that Ol, you're going to have to shoot off fairly yeah. soon uh, is that now? Um, more or less Okay. I, I think we'll uh, we'll jump into uh, Bushido from here, and then uh, I have some game design discussions, but that's definitely for a different time. Yes, and you've, you, there are some other games that you played recently we yeah. always discuss. But okay, so forgive the really rushed uh, description of, of Twisted and this rushed intro. But, well, um, I think from what we can remember, it's, it's not actually that rushed. It's, yeah. We've played it once, and it's several weeks ago. <laughs> I'm just very conscious that you need to leave. So the next thing that's <laughs> going to happen is that. Uh, going to cut to a pre-recorded bit about uh, the two limited edition models for the Bushido uh, Risen Sun rule set. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll sign off now. So listen mm. to us in a week or two when we publish more stuff. Yes. Lots of stuff about snakes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Mastercraft Miniatures for sponsoring this podcast. That's okay, mate. 
Uh, Master Adventures produce shoulder pads and hands for space marines, Japanese scenery, uh, lanterns and so on, as well as some animals like tortoises and birds and toads and things like that. Uh, I also stock miniatures for Eden, which is a post-apocalyptic wasteland game. Uh, they also, I also have some miniatures from Mal Miniatures and Golem Miniatures, uh, both really nice but not for any particular game. You can find Mastercrafted Miniatures at mastercrafted.co.uk, at MC Minis on Twitter, and Mastercrafted Miniatures on Facebook and Instagram. We should also thank Narbicus for producing our intro and outro music. He's not anywhere on the internet, so you can't find him. Okay, so we're going to start by talking about uh, the two pre-order exclusive, or the, the two new show limited models, I think. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're going to be limited. Uh, I don't know if they're going to show up at shows. They're definitely limited edition models. So as far as I know, they're available until like 4th of uh, August. Oh. I, might I, think, have to... I think pretty much until Gen Con. But I'm, I'm not totally going to have sure. to order Elder's Brother then. Yeah. So the models we're talking about is <laughs> yes. Hirato, Drunken Master, and his companion, Eldest Brother. There's uh, a really cool little uh, short story about this that you can find on the GCT website. Which you should go and read. Definitely definitely worth reading. It gives some context. Um, to summarise, Hirato, uh, Drunken Master, he's a samurai. He is uh, a Shiho uh, samurai, part of the, uh, the, I know, the ruling family of the Shiho clan. And he was passed over for leadership uh, yes. succession. Uh, so he was he was a bit pissed off about that um, because he was a bit of a loose cannon. Um, well, I presume he's called Drunken Master for a reason. Well, he, he sort of buggered off, I think, and, yeah. then, and then the uh, the Shiho was stabbed in back in the back by the Ito, uh, allowing the prefecture to. That doesn't sound like Ito at all. <laughs> <laughs> allowing the prefecture to topple the Shiho, and that's why the prefecture are now the ruling clan. Uh, he has obviously he's, he's he's not particularly thrilled about either of those families no no uh so he he's a wandering samurai essentially and in the story it talks about how he's coming back and uh decided that he wants to get a bit more involved in what's going on in the joar isles uh eldest brother is an oni show so that's a an immature oni uh who teenager yes when yeah insofar as oni have that Edge. sort of yes. yeah they it's it's a bad term it sort of captures it but not really yes it's not directly related to their age it could be more to do with their just sort of almost like power level yeah it's sort of like you you do you you're sort of an issue until you i, th- I think grow yeah, up in terms of accumulate enough power and yeah it's worth looking mindset? at mindset yeah it's worth looking at the uh the oni uh, what's her name oniyomi Who's the yes. female Oni? Because um, she sort of slaps down the Oni show, and when they can sort of break free of her shackles, St- stand up to her. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's largely how it goes. Anyway, so Hiroto found uh, eldest brother as a, like a almost like a baby Oni fighting in a not baby Oni, but a really young or yeah. weak Oni fighting in fighting pits. Yeah, he slaughtered everyone and rescued him. I guess he saw something of a kindred spirit there. What's interesting um, about Eldest Brother is on the model he obviously he's got his flask because they're drinking buddies, but they he also has a lot of flasks that he's clearly stolen from dead people. <laughs> but he also has temple uh, prayer beads on him. Oh, 
So I think we, what we we should first do they're both Ronin. Yeah. Uh, so we should talk about the factions which uh, for, for whom they can play. Yes. So Hirato, he only has three factions. It's uh, Tengu Dissension, uh, Jung Pirates, and the Silver Moon Trade Syndicate. Uh, notable by their absence is the Shiho. Now the Shiho haven't come out as a faction yeah. yet, but you could uh, have put the icon on there to future. The future. icon is on there on other Ronin as a future proofing yeah. ah. thing. So he can't fight for the Shiho. That makes sense. He, yeah, he, he he is from that family, but he's clearly left it. Yeah. On bad terms, really. Whether it's his choice to not fight for them... Or their choice. Or, yeah, and the, the, the Shiho are... Uh, their background is kind of interesting because they're uh, they're now sort of yes. fighting a guerrilla war, but we won't get into that. So, just those three factions. Uh, eldest brother, however, he can fight for the... the not the, ten, not the not the Tengu Dissension, but he can still fight for the Jung and the Silver Moon. In addition, he can fight for Cult of Uri... Uh, Savage Wave, because he's an Oni. Yeah. Uh, but what's really interesting is the temple he can also fight for. Oh. So you have an Oni who can fight for Savage Wave and Temple. And Temple's main goal is fighting Savage Wave. Arguably Uri as well. The fact that he can fight for Uri is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so almost a true mercenary. He won't fight for Ito or Ninjas. Yeah. The idea of I think it's more that the ninjas don't hire yeah mercenaries like that's just not what they do. Why, the, why would they? They are sort of the ultimate mercenary faction yeah. in of themselves. Uh, he won't fight for prefecture. Yeah, uh, or the Shiho. Um, yeah, I'm probably missing. And do you also have a special rule regarding who they can play for? Yeah, so it, the so Hiroto can fight. It can be included in any themed war band that includes eldest brother. And eldest brother can be included in any themed warband that includes Hiroto. Uh, he, Eldest Brother can also be included in any Savage Wave themes, as if he were a Savage Wave faction model. So that's great. Uh, what's interesting there is, of course, it means that Hiroto can then be included in uh, an Oni theme. Although, yes. actually, because the Oni, the Alphas theme excludes it, Oni show. Yes, so it does. he still wouldn't be able to fight in them. No, no, no. He can't fight in the, the Alphas theme, but... Presumably, and eventually, there will be more. I imagine there'll be an only show theme at some point. Because there's quite a lot of them now. Uh, three? Maybe yeah. It, and enough that you start thinking about maybe you have a theme where these are some of the primary constituencies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, when they are both recruited into the same warband, they have to uh, deploy in base-to-base -base with one another. In fact, what it actually says is the eldest brother has to deploy in base-to-base -base with Hirato. He also gained flank. They both gained flank. Well, actually, eldest brother gains flank. Yes. Hirato, comes Hirato with, already has it. Comes so. with flank. Um, so, let's... Uh, well, let's, let's continue the, the flank thing, because okay. uh, Hirato has booted, <clears throat> which is new. Yes. And quite important for flank, because it allows you to actually... Instead of just being placed at the table edge, you actually get a move? Yes. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. Which, which leads to the interesting bit that Hiroto has quite a lot of choices when he comes on. But because Eldest Brothers does not have booted, yeah. you're probably looking at charging with him? Unless your opponent has conveniently placed something really close to the table edge. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, just 
just floating around with an with an eighteen rice on his show in in, in someone's backline could be uh, scary enough without committing to a uh, sure you don't you don't it uh, depends a little bit on what tone you come on on. That works yeah. better the earlier in the game it is. If you come on really late and don't do something on the turn you come on, it's like, well, that was a good use of 18 rice. It's worth noting that in the new edition, Flank, you write down secretly yes. the turn and the table edge. Yes. It used to be just the table edge and you'd roll for the turn. Yes. So it's much more predictable now, but of course it requires you to... Predict. Predict, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I played a game against uh, James the other day. And I predicted poorly. I wish I brought my uh, my Shimagama Vipers on in turn uh, two, but I actually brought them on in turn three. So here's my take on flank. Unless you have a clever plan, you should just write turn two down. I'm tempted to write two and three with my Vipers because and come on the same flank. So one of them comes on two, yeah. make people think about it, and then on three I get to bring one on and react to whatever yeah. they've done. But anyway... So, I mean, I think Hirato and the eldest brother, you're sinking... I mean, Hirato is 15 rice and eldest brother is 18. So that's 33 rice. You want them on in turn two. Yeah. Like, you, you can't afford to have a third of your warband sitting around for multiple turns. Yeah, I think a possible exception is Jung, where you can just field so many cheap but competent profiles. Yes. That you might be able to accept having 33 rice off the table for a while. But Jung also have a bunch of different options for flank anyway. Yeah, this is true. Like, do you have a theme where it's like, which model would you like to flank? Hmm. So let's get into... Uh, what they do. What they do. Um, Beat you? Yeah, they hit you quite hard. Uh, Hirato is a three melee skill samurai. Uh, three ranged, uh, four inch move, and three slash six key. Uh, which is good. Seems really good, but he has a unique effect, which we'll get on to Yes, but it, does mean, well it does mean that he come on when he flanks. He's on full key. Yes, worth noting that you still generate key even when, when you are elsewhere. When you are elsewhere, yes. It's quite important. Yes. So, his unique effect, Drunkard, for each VP scored by this model's warband, this model gains dodge plus one and minus one to its key statistic. When this model's warband scores a VP, remove all this model's key tokens. So what you'll really find is if it's a scoring turn, you want to spend all his key. Yeah. Because you're going to lose it anyway. So Hopefully. Hopefully you're going to lose it. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it encourages a sort of uh, really just like... Explosive going all, Yeah, going all out with him, uh, provided you think you have a chance of getting that VP. Yes. Uh, he also obviously has diminishing key efficiency. <laughs> so he'll end up being one key if you score all three. Which of course, is, by the time you score three VPs, you don't care. Which is a, a further incentive to bring him on, to, if you're flanking him, bring him on early. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because you want to get... Yes, well, if you're if two is a scoring turn, you think and you're you, going to get VP. And, and you score, and you then bring him on in turn three. Well, now you're back to having two key. Yeah. Uh, but gaining dodge is cool. That's um, Cool? That's, dodge is nice. That's really useful. Um, what was it? It's dodge plus one, yeah. So, uh, his weapon, he's uh, got a plus one strength Daisho, which is the paired swords. Uh, charging bonus, pierce one. Which Charging bonuses generally are nice to have, not critical, except the Minamoto bear. Yes, I've, I've learned from, from playing with the sharks, mm. is that charging bonuses are something you exploit if it comes up anyway. Yeah. But really don't plan your turn around it because yeah. it becomes too restrictive. Yeah, I think the, the main exception being the bear from Minamoto because prone uh, is powerful. charging bonus prone is, is fantastic. 
And I think the Kai Hai for Savage Wave have charging bonus slam attack. Okay. Zero. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, which is really good because you combine that with them, oh. they like to attack prone models. We, we are back to prone is really powerful. <clears throat> Turns out, yeah. Uh, he's got powerful attack one, sweep attack one, and sweep defense one. Notable that he's a samurai and all his uh, abilities are one. They're all going to cost him a die. And he's a three-rise samurai, so I'm not sure how often you're going to be using his uh, his abilities. Unless sweep you... defense one seems, on the face of it, possibly the best one. Because you can lose the die, still just put two dice in defense. Hope it works. Yeah. Whereas if you put them into attack, sweep attack, Risky. maybe, but you're really boned if it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's get into his traits. He's got assassin, booted, endurance, fearless, flank, immune to stunned, prowess melee one, tough one, and vengeance prefecture. Why does he not also have vengeance <coughs> Ito? That's a good question. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he's not as uh, bothered about the Ito as he is about the prefecture. Bear in mind that he wasn't betrayed yeah. by the Ito. The the Ito, I, I can't remember the background, but I, I mean, it was probably something to do with poisoning at some point, wasn't it? But it's the prefecture who wiped out members of his family. Yes. No, so I actually, because I actually read some of this, yeah. I know this goes against what I've said previously. <laughs> um, but as far as I understood, the prefecture and, and know that. Current rulers, Dr- Dragon Clan, the prefecture, yeah, yeah, the yes, yes, allied with Ito. This is before it's found out that they are worshiping Orochi, yes, to take over. That was a marriage between Itsunaga and the Empress niece, yes, something like this. And then she found him out of the Orochi temple and, yeah, and he m- her. murdered her. And that's how the dragon for prefecture was released from the temple, yes. Um, um, which, which, which was a bad political move. So that is, of course, after the prefecture yes. has reached power. So maybe that's why he's like, well, I don't care. Perhaps, yeah. I, I, I think the real thing is that like, it, it was the prefecture who, 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 who did the murdering, yes. um, largely. Yes. But anyway, um, assassins, useful. Uh, you have to really control uh, people's facings. Assassin on him seems niche, but it, it if it comes nice. up, it's nice. Yeah, it's not again. It again. It falls into the to me on him are uh, nice to have. Yeah, I mean, combined Don't, with flank, it's uh, combined with flank and booted. It's very possible to, yes. to come on and assassinate someone. At that point, you probably go with your powerful attack because you're getting a bonus die. They yeah. can't do any. They can't Funny. spend any yeah. key. Yeah, you're yeah. also yeah. getting an extra attack. Uh, sorry, an extra die on. He the damage also roll. has. This is worth pointing out. He has dirty fighting. Yes. So enemy models can't use special attack and defenses. Yeah. Which does sort of feed into this, although spending two key on that, like it has to be fairly significant. I feel. Yeah. I think if you come up against uh, ninjas uh, who all have zero uh, special attacks and defenses, Ito maybe some Ito if you don't want them sidestepping all day long. Yeah, uh, and potentially uh, samurai who have like the prefecture samurai who have critical strike. Yeah. One or sometimes zero. If they've got critical strike zero... Yeah, you should use dirty fighting. I can see an argument for paying to... To uh, rise, to not just randomly yeah. die. Yes, that, that seems okay. Uh, so endurance is you don't care about being exhausted. Yeah, nice. you don't care about it, yeah. <clears throat> which is it's very nice. Um, I've used it a little bit on Lua. Hmm. Um, 
it leads to some interesting abilities. Like you can just afford to march up the table and go like, well, come at me. It all ties into his drunken master thing. What I quite like about him is there's not much explicit drunken master rules. No. Other than the uh, losing yeah, yeah. key and so on. But the it all sort of emerges with his uh, endurance, fearless, yeah. immune to stunned, uh, and... Uh, tough. Well, I guess, yeah, tough. Uh, and then, of course, his key feats. So... I'll touch on them quickly. He's got dirty fighting, like you say. He also has stagger, which means this model gains range defense one and sidestep defense zero until the end of the activation. It's an instant for one key, yeah. which is really useful. Um, I can absolutely see that during uh, being used. Uh, the drunken sailor, the drunken uh, whaler in uh, Yuri. Yuri. Uh, Yuri. One of the two. Yuri. 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 I think. Yes. There's, Yuri. There's two harpooners, and they're both similarly named. Yes. It's unhelpful. Um, the drunken guy yeah. has the same uh, key feet stagger. Yeah. So that's clearly a... Yeah, I think that's, that's a which, cool Which is feet. cool. It's also actually very useful. It's worth remembering because spending one key for range defense yeah. can randomly be really clutch. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth noting he's got seven uh, wounds. He's, yes. a big, he's a big man. He's a big, he's a big guy. Um, when Kevin was sculpting him, the, the reference was to keep him almost as big as a Minamoto samurai, but not just not quite, yeah. but almost as big um, was the idea. Except without like massive armour. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, there's a notable thing. He doesn't wear any armour. He does have a tough one, though. Yeah. Because he's a big guy. Yeah. He's, he's not a Buto, but he sort of is. And, and tough one is sort of equivalent to armour 2, like broadly. In more or less. Yeah. It will reduce your number of wounds by one and armor two will do Generally that well. do the same, yes. Yeah. Well, armor two is guaranteed to reduce your, the wounds you take by one yes. if they don't have pierce, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yes, then, then you get into all sorts of... Yeah. Yeah, but, but yes, broadly they're similar. Yeah. So getting on to Eldest Brother, uh, three melee skill as well, no range club. skill. Uh, he does have a big club. He's got four inch move and two six key. Uh, you mentioned the club, so plus two strength. It's a massive Tetsubo. Uh, he's got. It is a massive tetra because it also has reach. Yeah, which uh, is only found on spears. Otherwise, pretty so much. Models generally will have reach if they, uh, yes, if they have spears. But also, for instance, some of the uh, Ito when they've got snakes on them, they'll get reach as well because it reflects the, yes. the speed of reaction. But which is not going to be for him. No, 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 no. But Taisei, for instance, with his giant greatsword, does not have reach. I don't believe. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit unique that you have reach just because you have a big weapon. Yeah. So that is definitely worth pointing out. And it reach is really good. Yeah, it's very good. Especially on a model like him where you, you can tank a bit with him. So it it, it, it is possible to, to go light on your defense. Yeah. So you've got slam attack one, sweep attack one, push defense one. I can see these being useful. Um, slam attack one makes sense with an Oni show. Sweep attack, uh, you'll often find that if something has a Tetsubo, at least a long Tetsubo, they'll also get sweep attack. Yeah. Um, and push defense, sure. I, I like push defense because it frees you up. Yeah. Someone comes in, they take an activation off you, but you push them away I and mean, you go and do the thing you want to do. All of, both of their, all <clears throat> of them, their special attack and defenses, with the exception of powerful attack, are uh, model position manipulation. Yeah. Which is always... Pretty much very good. Um, Any time that you can get a model to move back by at least an inch or, is useful in zone scenarios. Or make them prone. 
Well, well Prime's fantastic. But it's yeah, but it's not even just in zone. It's also with objectives. Yeah. Because you're well, you're no longer in base contact. You now have to spend an action to get back into base contact. True. Actually, I'd argue that um, if you if you're in base contact with a model who's in base contact with a scenario objective, yeah. pushing them away is a bad idea unless you can guarantee they won't be able to get back in on the objective. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see what you mean because then you could walk around and get out yeah, of your sort of control. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, getting into his traits, he's got bravery and fear six. So, bravery on two key is great. He's fear six anyway, so it's only going to be the fear seven models and models with dread that are going to test him anyway. Is there any fear seven? I don't know. Wraith is not fear seven. He's fear six six with dread. In which case, it's only going to come up when you're up against dread. I think. Yes. Which then it cancels out the terror, so you're just rolling two key feet. Yeah, but it's pretty good. That's fine. Um, Fear six is fantastic, of course. Immune to stunned again because he's getting drunk. Uh, I'm going to skip that one. Oni rage because he's an Oni. Regenerate one, resistance one, and tough one. Now, resistance one uh, with a two key model is amazing. Yes. So you're not going to be doing any. uh, It's going to be hard doing a post key feet on him. Tough one, of course. Again, he's an Oni. The regenerate one combines with that to make him real hard to kill, plus and, his eight wounds. And consume soul. When stuff dies around him, he can heal even more. Again, he's an Oni, so yes, he, he absorbs the souls of dead of models when they die. Yeah, yeah, but it all feeds into... He's actually real tanky. Yeah, consume soul. when a, It's an instant for one key, pulse of three inches. When an enemy model uh, is killed within the pulse, uh, this model may heal X wounds, where X is equal to the removed model's key statistic. Uh, once per turn, it, it, it's nice. It, it, um, it is condition uh, situational, of course. Sure, but of course, it... if he does the killing, he still gets to do it. So yeah, and he's likely to do some killing. Uh, where are we? Right. So uh, I skipped one uh, trait, which is interesting. It's new. Uh, it's cutter. So, Kata is you don't remove ones from your dice rolls yeah. in melee. Yeah. So, for instance, if he's attacking, if he just goes all out attacking with his three dice, he will always have highest die plus mm. two. It makes him very reliable. And brutal. So, he's actually, if you just go all out attacking, you are highest dice plus three automatically. Yeah. Which is quite scary, actually. And combine it with... Oh, do sweep attack zero, uh, sweep attack one. Hmm. Okay, but you're still highest dice plus two. Yeah. Um, that's potentially reliable enough that you want to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I. So, so the reason I skipped that until last was one, it's, it is a new trait, but also you only see that pretty much on monks. Yes. And I really like how that ties into his background uh, a little bit where he spent some time training at a monastery. I think they both hid out yes. at, at a monastery yes. um, for a while. So, uh, I don't... No, Hiroto can't can't fight the temple, so maybe it no. was just Elder's brother. I, I don't yeah. know. I'd have to check the rules. The, the, the I mean, he, he, he does seem more like a, a, an Oni monk, mm. really, than anything else, which is very interesting. Um, alternatively, he is a, 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 a giant... Like, he's sort of similar to a Buto as well, only better than a Certainly, I think it's fair to compare Samoni Show to to Buto. Yeah, I mean they fulfil a similar role. I mean, I was comparing him to Lua. Yeah, uh, Lua has in, has endurance, but that's pretty much his only gain on him. Same rise, 
Yes, on the face of it, he definitely seems like Lua, but better. Yes. With the possible exception that you can take Lua in a Jung theme, where yes. you won't be able to take him in a Jung theme. No. You can take him in order for battle, of course, which, fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, you put him and Lua on the field, that's... And Tetsuso. S- some hitting and some tanking. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, Tetsuso is a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Uh, so, yeah, um... Uh, that leaves one key feat to discuss, which is uh, Chanayu, which uh, is one key feat, one, one key, uh, it's active and personal. Remove all berserk, blind, death sentence, diseased, fire, impetuous, poison, spirit block, and stunned markers from this model. Nice. It's nice to have. As an instant active one one key, f- that's good. Yeah, I think it creates a situation where your opponent will go, I might just not bother putting any of those on him then. Yeah. It it sort of it doesn't make him immune to debuffing, yeah. but it kind of does. I guess it's a good way for your opponent to try and bleed some key off him. Is putting something yeah. on him. Well, uh, and it it means that your opponent can still do it and gain the benefit for his immediate action. Yeah, but you have the option of just getting rid of it. I think also worth mentioning the interaction that it would have with Oni Rage, which I can't remember the rules for, so I'm just going to check that quickly. Okay, so I've got my rule book because uh, we wanted to check. And uh, Oni Rage does all? Well, during key generation, this model may gain an additional number of key tokens equal to a D2. If it does, it gains a Berserk marker. And then he spends one of those key <laughs> to remove the Berserk marker yeah. if he doesn't want that. So you can sort of generate one key. Uh, it's a 50 50 chance that you get a free key. Yeah. Um, berserk is problematic. Yeah, Berserk can be, because it gives you uh, impetuous, aggressive impetuous. and impetuous, and you have to also try to charge. Yeah, or, uh, it's, it's it limits your options, so yeah. being able to just straight up get rid of it... And I like how that really ties good. into his time spent uh, at the temple, where yes, he's, he's, he's learning like, to control his anger. like, no, no, I don't have to just rage out and strike at something in range. Yeah. So, for me, these guys, they're pretty great individually... Uh, and as a pair, I think they're a really powerful combo. Like I, they don't necessarily they don't directly combo, other than the flank yeah. and the ability to just. Take and them. and I think either of them are fine to run mm. on their own. They don't have to both be that. The, the thing that interests me is perhaps running uh, as many Oni Show as I can in a list. Yeah. Uh, perhaps supported by, oh, I don't know, probably probably some Bakamono, but uh, that that might be quite interesting. Or running them with Oniyomi, the yeah. female samurai. Uh, samurai. Oni. The, the female Oni, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. But also the novelty of getting an Oni into a temple list interests I, me. I'm personally for, for Jung. So obviously I could run both. Mm. Like, do, do both work for Jung individually? Elder's brother uh, is easily the one of them I would take if I'm only taking one. What's I interesting think. about him is he does he directly competes with at least one model yeah. in Jung. Uh, and also Jung have this interesting combination of lots of cheap competent profiles and a few quite tanky profiles that can still hit quite hard. Yes, you have several very tanky models actually. Yeah, and it, I mean it's the same sort of uh, split as the Savage Wave except less extreme. Savage yeah. Wave uh, has lots of cheaper, less competent models, yes. and lots of ver- very expensive, very hitty models that are quite tanky. Well, very tanky too. Yes. 
Yeah, that's that's actually a good comparison. Is that yeah. you you've narrowed the band a bit, but you still You're have still the same... doing that thing. Yeah. yeah, they don't have an awful lot of middle ground in the jungle. No, I mean even the expensive normal humans tend to be quite competent in what they do, but they're still quite fragile. Mm. I guess the closest they really get to the middle ground, from from my thinking, is probably the uh, not the captains, but the first mates. Yes, whatever they're called. Uh, that's a good question. I can't remember. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think I'm looking forward to trying these guys out. The um, only reason that I didn't try them out on Tuesday is because I hadn't glued them together. Yeah. I think if you have access to them, they're definitely worth having in your arsenal. Mm. Both of them are quite interesting. You might not want to run them all the time, yeah. which is as it should be, but they definitely offer interesting options. Yeah. Definitely. Um, they do tend towards the more expensive end of things hmm. because, well, you have 15 and 18. So, Ordered for Battle gives you 30 rice of yes, sideboard. you can't just have those So you can't two. take both of them. However, I can absolutely see a situation where Hiroto goes in my sideboard and if yeah. I come up against Prefecture, he goes in. Yeah, or you go like, oh, actually, Flank would be amazing in this. Like, yeah. I have Elder's Brother as a standard. If I need to flank him... Well, I'll find 15 rice. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, um, interesting, interesting. I might try out something, I don't know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. You could keep Eldest Brother in the list. Yeah. And then have Hirato as the sideboard. Model. Yeah. Because there's quite a number of models around the 15 rice mark. 18 becomes slightly rarer. But so he could be a straight swap for a bunch of models in various different lists, I think. Mm. Or a model and a card or something like that. And then you gain... Like, just getting the flank on Eldest Brother is potentially very interesting. Yeah. And but it, by having Hirato in the sideboard, you're saying, well, I don't have to flank yeah. him. I mean, do you have to flank? I don't think it's compulsory. Anyway, I don't think so. it is. Uh, da, 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 da. No, so you can just deploy him, but you just have to deploy them in base-to-base -base yes. with one another. Yeah, sure. But interesting options. Worth thinking about and I think we might actually see them a fair bit yeah the only thing that bums me out is that they can't be an Ito I get it and I'm yeah, not saying yeah. they should be by no, any means yes but Ito being my main faction but yes. then it's not a bummer because it forces me to try out other, other things other stuff yeah uh, yeah so I think definitely something people should be aware of because what, they yeah. will be used like right. obviously they're going to be used now because they're new and shiny um, well I have I have my temple furries which didn't really work in the last edition. Yeah. I haven't really looked at them in the new edition. Interesting. But it um, might be a way to uh, to field Temple with uh, with an Oni. So I might do that. So you have uh, Eldest Brother and Kuma. Which is fun. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, QB now works pretty well in Temple, I think. So uh, there you go. Yeah, could be very interesting. Um, so that's those guys. Yeah. Find Robot Dice Explosion at robotdiceexplosion.com, at rde underscore podcast at Twitter, and Robot Dice Explosion on Facebook.